I've given you all this, plus I've given you my son to die for you on the cross. I've done all this for you. Now, what have you done for me? open at Hebrews chapter 11. I'd like to speak with you this morning on the subject, a more excellent sacrifice. This being sacrifice Sunday, I felt in my heart and soul that it was good for us to take the time and talk about this concept of sacrifice. Now notice in verse four, Uh, of the scripture that brother Howard read for us by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. It wasn't just a sacrifice. It was an excellent sacrifice. It was a more excellent sacrifice. The word excellent means to rise above the others. It means to be superior in achievement. Today, we use the word sacrifice in a different way that the Bible uses it. We have a different idea usually in our head of the word sacrifice to what God means when he uses the word sacrifice. Sometimes a mom and dad will say, well, we, we sacrifice our time and our talents and our treasures. We sacrifice ourselves for our children. Well, I'm sure that they, they give of their time and talents and treasures to help their children. I'm sure they do. And I think any loving parent would do the same, but the word sacrifice, literally that word sacrifice means to make sacred, to make sacred. And it means to give over completely to God. And so mom, dad, if you've gotten on your knees and you've given your children completely over to God, And you are giving your time, talents, and treasures to help make them sacred that they would determine to live for the king. Then I think, yes, you could use that word sacrifice. But so many parents have never yet gotten on their knees and given their children into God's hands. They have their own thoughts, their own wishes, their own desires. They have their own plans for their children. And they've not yet talked to the Lord. Well, there's different types of sacrifice in the Bible. Of course, we'll find animal sacrifices. We'll find the sacrifice of thanksgiving. We'll find the sacrifice of praise. And the Bible says it's the fruit of our lips. And by the way, that's something you need to be giving to God every day. You say, um, it says sacrifice of praise the fruit of our lips. Mm. It becomes a sacrifice when through tears and through sorrow and heartache and loss, you can look up to God and say, thank you, Lord. You may, you may say, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I give you the sacrifice of praise and the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And those sacrifices mean the most to God in times of adversity. The Bible also speaks about Christ's sacrifice, his suffering 
for us, for you and for me upon the cross. God is not willing that any should perish. That means to die and go to hell, but that all should come to repentance. So important folks. My heart is sold out to the gospel and to trying to see people saved here in the city of Surrey. There's 600,000 people around the world. We are approaching the 8 billion mark. How many are born again and saved and on their way to heaven? Not enough. The way the world is going, the world is hungering and thirsting more and more for worldly things. The Lord needs Christians who will develop the same heartbeat as God himself who will want to see lost people saved. I've been praying and I've been asking God to use our church. Lord, use Grace Baptist Church. Let 10%, 10% Lord, 10% of Surrey come to know Jesus as Savior. That would be 60,000 people getting saved. You might think, why that's preposterous. That'll never happen. Perhaps. What does God think about it? God is not willing that any of the 600,000 of Surrey should perish and die and go to hell. He's wanting all to come to repentance. And I am personally working and doing everything I can to try and win this city to Jesus Christ. If you're part of grace Baptist church, you are part of a church that is trying to win the city to Jesus Christ but we're not stopping there. We're going all over the world. I'm so thrilled to know that there are 95 gospel preaching missionaries that we help support that are out there doing the job. And folks, that's only the beginning, isn't it? Well, this word sacred means to sacrifice. It means to make sacred to give over to God. We're going to have a word of prayer and we're going to look a little more now at this story of Abel and get a little better understanding here. So I invite you to close your eyes and bow your head and let's go to the heavenly father together. And dear father, we come to you in Jesus name and in his righteousness, our name, our righteousness is worthless, but we come to you in Jesus name. We thank you so very much for your mercy and grace and peace in our lives. Thank you for all of your blessings and benefits. Father, today is sacrifice Sunday. Help each and every one of us to get on board. I pray there'd be no bystanders just standing around idle doing nothing. When there's work to be done, a work of sacrifice. I pray that everyone today would take part in the sacrificial gift. We have for you now, Lord, teach us truth and knowledge about sacrificial giving in Jesus name. Amen. Well, we have before us this marvelous story here in verse four, Abel, the son of Adam. It says by faith, he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. You say, what does that mean? It means that he was saved. That's the idea of righteous. You see saved people 
ought to have the desire and praise the Lord. Many of them do the desire to do something great for God. If you're saved, if you're born again and saved, can I ask you what great superior, excellent thing have you ever given to God? So many people reach into their big pot of plenty and take out a copper coin and put that in the offering. Here's something for the Lord. Here's another one for the Lord. Oh, here's a penny for missions. Here's another penny for the poor. And yet they're holding on like tight wads to their little pot of gold. Abel. Abel decided he was going to give a sacrifice. He was going to give an excellent sacrifice. He was going to give a more excellent sacrifice. And he did. And it's because of that, that he has testimony that he's saved and born again. Look what he did for God. That's what it says here. So he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. Abel is long since passed off the scene, but we're still talking about the gift he gave to God. You see, that's what happens when you are a giver, when you give to God in a great way, even though you may pass off the scene and go home to heaven, there are others that'll still be talking about your great gift to God. Now, back in Genesis chapter four, we have the story of Abel and how he and Cain both came before the Lord. They both brought offerings, didn't they? Now, Abel brought the offerings of his flock, the sheep. Cain brought offerings of the ground. Many people say, well, God had cursed the ground and that's true. But I think it's more than that. God had been teaching and telling through Adam what kind of gifts they ought to give. Cain brought a bloodless sacrifice to God. Abel brought a blood sacrifice. He sacrificed one of his, his sheep. He may have done more actually. King Solomon when he came to dedicate the temple, he offered so many sheep, so many goats, like the altar couldn't handle it. It was so excellent a sacrifice. So Abel may have done quite a bit more. Cain looked at Abel and hated him. The unsaved often hate the saved. Have you noticed that? When you get someone saved and wanting to live his or her life for God, You'll get mockers out there who hate them, who hate them. Listen, beloved, you live for God. You live for God. There'll be enemies out there. I'm sorry and sad to have to say it, but it's possible that there could be enemies in your own family. They look at you living for Jesus and they despise you in their hearts. And Cain was that way, wasn't he? He despised his brother so much so that when they were alone, 
he took a knife and he killed his brother. It's almost as if Cain in his mockery and his anger and wrath was saying, God, you want a blood sacrifice? I'll give you one. And he killed his brother. Imagine what a monster, what a murderer just in the news yesterday. There was a murderer, a murderer in North Vancouver in a library with a knife and he knifed these people and he came out and he continued to knife people outside the library. One person is dead. And I think five or six are in critical shape in the, the hospital down in California, more shootings elsewhere, more shootings rampant. We live in a wicked world, folks. Wicked people are taking weapons and doing wicked things with them. No, it's not guns that kill people. It's the people holding the gun. People kill people. Well, we've got this amazing story here of Abel and his sacrifice. And I'll tell you right now, folks, he did it out of love to God. Cain's sacrifice wasn't out of love to God. Abel's sacrifice was of incredible love for God. How is your love for God today? I want to encourage you to give a sacrificial gift, but only if you really love the Lord. God loveth a cheerful giver. He doesn't want us to give by constraint. Abel gave out of love to God. He gave out of devotion to God and he did it by faith. He did it by faith. And remember, he didn't have a Bible. He could open up to Hebrews chapter 11. He didn't have a Bible where he could open up to, to the Proverbs and look at God's promises to bless. He did it by faith. Abel made a faith sacrifice to God and so pleased God. And God is pleased when you and I make a faith sacrifice to him that pleases God once a year in our church. We have sacrifice Sunday. We do it once a year and we encourage you to give one week salary, one week salary to God right away. There are people that say, I can't do that. I can't afford to do that. There are still other people that say, I refuse to do that. But then praise God. There are others that say, I will do it. I will do it. I will do it by faith. I will do it because of my devotion. I will do it because of my love for God. I want to remind you that God has been pleased to receive our sacrificial gifts over the last 12 or 13 years. We enjoy the tremendous blessings of our church and ministry because largely of sacrificial giving. We were able to get into a much larger building. And then we were able to get into this large building, which by the way, speaking of this building, this coming September, we will have been in this building 10 years. Count them 10 years. Well, that's a long time, isn't it? In those 10 years, we've seen babies born in those 10 years. We've seen young people married in those 10 years, we've seen some loved ones go home to heaven. A lot can happen in 10 years, but I'll tell you something else that's going to happen at the end of 10 years. That's this September. 
They're putting our rent up. The landlord is jacking the rent. I call upon all you prayer warriors to pray and ask God to do a miracle. I wonder if God would give us a building. Maybe the 104 building. It's still available, you know. It's still there and God is waiting for someone by faith to claim that building and to do a marvelous work for his glory. May as well be us. Keep praying, beloved. This was not part of my notes today. It's just a little commercial I wanted to throw in there. But listen, God always, always, always honors faith. When you put faith in God's promises, he is pleased with that. And he always, always, always. And did I say always? He always honors faith. Now look in chapter 11 and verse number six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The way we seek him is through his promises. That's how anyone gets saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on him, uh, on him that sent me, uh, heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The promises of God. That's how we get saved. We put faith in his promise. It pleases him exceedingly. You know something? Abraham came along many years later after Abel, maybe 2000 years later. I'm not sure. And in chapter 11, verse 17, it says by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. Abraham pleased God because he acted by faith in God's word. Now God only ever, ever, ever called one man to sacrifice his son. And even then God stopped him. God wouldn't let him do it. But yet God himself so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son on the cross bleeding for you and for me. And he died for our sins, shed his blood that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why would anyone, why should we give to God? Anyhow, someone might be thinking as possible. Someone attending the service today might be thinking, why should we give anything to God? Well, I'd like to help answer that question. Um, a couple of reasons. Number one is we give because we have received so much from him. We've already received incredible benefits. James chapter one and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above. If you've got wonderful gifts in your life, it's because God has given them to you. Psalm 127 verse three says, children, our inheritance of the Lord, the fruit of the womb is his reward. 
If you have children on earth or in heaven, what a gift of God. Amen. What a gift of God. Now take your Bible and I'd like you to look at Luke. Turn back to Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter 12. Go there with me, please. Luke chapter 12. And I'd like you to look, please, at verse number 48. Verse number 48. And I'd like you to look at the end of the verse. Just to save time, we're going to the end of the verse. And Jesus says, And to whom men have... Let's go up a couple of lines for unto whomsoever much is given. You see that for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. Maybe we'll just stop there. You know, not many people in this world, really, if you know anything about world conditions and world populations, not many people in this world have a nice clean home to live in. Do you have a nice clean home to live in? Not many people in this world have nice clean clothes to wear. Do you have nice clean clothes to wear? Not many people in this world have nice healthy food to eat. Do you have nice healthy food to eat? Not many people in this world have cupboards in which they can store their extra food and refrigerators in which they can store their extra food. And they're able to get up in the middle of the night if they wanted and go and get something to eat. Not many people can do that. Can you do that? Not many people have nice clean water to drink. Their water is polluted and full of disease. Do you have nice clean water to drink? Not many people have, have a nice job that they can go to a paying job where they not only get their needs met, but they get more and they have excess money. They have disposable income. Do you have a nice job like that? You know, not many people in this world have access to good medical and good dental services. And when they're sick, they just have to put up with it or die. And when they have cavities and toothaches, the best they can do is try and knock the tooth out. They don't have access to good medical and good dental. Do you have access to good mental, good mental too, but good dental and medical? You do folks. These are blessings. And I've just named just a few of them that most in the world do not have. And here Jesus says here in this verse, number 48 for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much shall be much required. We've been given so much by God. You see, it's as if God is saying, my child, I've given you all this. Plus I've given you my son to die for you on the cross. I've done all this for you. Now, what have you done for me? What have you done for me? Now that's a good question. Every one of us needs to ask ourselves that. What have you done for me? That leads us to the second reason why we should give to God. 
And I'd like you to turn in your Bible to the right to the book of second Corinthians. Go there now. Second Corinthians and chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine. It sort of follows hand in hand, really, with the first reason I gave you is because we've been given so much. But did you know that we also have a responsibility before God to give? It's a responsibility. Now, we're not under law. We're under grace. It's not like if we disobey some of the Old Testament laws that God's going to kill us. It's not like that. No, we're under grace, not law. Under law, they had to do these things, certain things, but those certain things were good to do under grace. We now have the freedom and the power to do the right thing. That's grace. And in second Corinthians chapter nine and verse eight, I'd like you to look at this with me. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things. That means you get all your needs looked after. You get your bills paid. You get everything looked after may abound to every good work. Giving a sacrificial gift to God is a good work. It is a good work. Trust me. And God is able to give you the grace to help you to do it. God always works that way. He tells us what he wants us to do. And then he gives us the ability to be able to do it. That's the wonderful, loving God that we have. He is that way, folks. And so it's pretty hard to fault God on this. Proverbs chapter three and verse nine says, honor the Lord with thy substance. You and I are under obligation to honor the Lord with our substance. And God will give us the grace to be able to do it. There's nothing to be afraid about. That is good news and ought to be good news for someone here. Listen, I'll tell you something about fear. Fear is an acronym. Fear is spelt F E A R. And each of those letters stand for something. Fear, false, evidence, appearing, real. Fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. False evidence, why you can't afford to give. You can't afford to give a sacrifice. You can't afford to give an offering. You can't afford to tithe because if you do, you'll go broke, broke, broke. You'll lose your everything. You can't afford to do it. Fear grips the heart. False evidence appearing real. I'll tell you, beloved, when Jesus says, walk on the water, you can do it. Someone write amen. When Jesus tells us to do something, we can do it. There is no power on earth. There is no power in hell. There's not even a power in heaven that can stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Don't let fear hold you back. It's false evidence appearing real. Isaiah 41 and verse number 10, fear thou not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. 
I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41, 10. And then there's Proverbs 28, 27. He that giveth to the poor shall not lack. That means get involved with sacrifice Sunday because we're trying to give to the poor. Get involved and you will not lack. God will come through for you according to his promise in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that he'll make all grace abound toward you. You can afford to step out by faith and honor him. You know, we're not asking you to go sell the farm and give it all. We're not asking you to give a year's salary, a month's salary. We're only asking you to give one week's salary. If you still feel that's too much, you just give whatever you think you can do. But another reason I want to give you, and I have to hasten here, and I have to be careful with this third reason. This is very important reason, but I don't want you to misuse it. I don't want you to abuse it. I don't want you to misunderstand it, but I want you to grab it because it's one of the promises of God. And it's, found back in the gospel of Luke chapter six. And I'd like you to turn there, please. Luke chapter six. I told you earlier that God always keeps his promise, always keeps his promise. He never makes a promise that he cannot fulfill. Never. God is smart. He is all wise, all knowing, almighty, all powerful, and he makes certain promises. Jesus, when he was on earth, he only spoke what the father told him to say. And here's what the father told Jesus to say in Luke chapter six, verse 38. And I'd like you to read it out loud. So as I read, you read out loud along with me now. Okay, here we go. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. You give a teeny bit, you'll get a teeny bit. You'll give, you give a, a larger amount. You'll get a larger amount. You give a sacrifice. You'll get a sacrifice. You give a, a more excellent sacrifice. You'll get back a more excellent sacrifice. Doesn't that sound like the law of the harvest? God is righteous. He's just absolutely several times in the book of Proverbs. You'll read that a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. God is interested in a, a just weight and a just balance. One pound worth of goods. God puts a pound in one side and he puts the goods in the other until it balances. You get exactly one pound. He doesn't shortchange you and God promises you give and it shall be given unto you. It's the law of the harvest. You shall reap, but first you got to sow. And so we give sacrifice offerings to God because three things happen. Number one, it pleases God just like how Abel pleased God. Number two, it helps the gospel ministry. We don't just want to put, food into mouths of hungry people around the world. It's our gospel preaching missionaries 
who are putting the food into the mouths of the hungry so they can preach the gospel to them. Number three, God blesses you when you do so. And this you have to be careful of, but it's absolutely true promise of God. We give, it obligates God to give back to us so that now we can do more for God. Well, we need to close things up here, folks. And I'm just trying to encourage you the best I know how. Someone out there might be thinking, why that pastor? He's just a beggar. He's a beggar. He's begging for money. Well, you can think that if you want. But I'm not a beggar. I'm a giver. When was the last time you ever saw a beggar giving out money? When was the last time? Beggars don't do that. That's why they're called beggars. They're trying to get it all into themselves. Not one penny of sacrifice Sunday money comes into my pocket. I'm not a beggar. I'm a giver. I would never ask you to do something I wasn't willing to do. I am so willing to do this. That I'm giving more than a week's salary. Between my wife and I, we're giving $2,000 today. That's way more than we make in a week. But we're doing it. Why are you doing it? Because we love God, because we're devoted to God and we're doing it by faith. And we've got all these years experience of God's faithfulness that he always blesses it back to us. I spoke to all of the staff, the pastoral staff and the other four members of the pastoral staff are all on board. They're all going to give a week's salary. I spoke to the three deacons. They're all on board. They're going to give a week's salary. Now, between myself and the pastoral staff and the deacons, we can't make up $20,000, $25,000. We need the church family on board. Would you, would you today make a sacrificial gift to God to help us in the ministry? Would you do it? It's your opportunity. You know, on our donation page, you know how to use that. Now you can go and mark something for general. That's where your tithe should go is in the general. You can earmark something for missions. That's where your faith promise goes for missions. And please don't forget your missionaries be faithful, but then you can make a sacrificial giving and you can earmark it. Sacrifice Sunday. Now, maybe, maybe your situation is that you're not able to give all at once. Maybe you have to give it a little at a time. And I'll tell you, my friend, that is perfectly okay. You may not be able to give it all. The only reason that I'm able to make that gift today is because I had a little bit of tax money come in. Because I've been a faithful giver all year long and I get a tax rebate and I'm able to use that for sacrifice Sunday. But maybe you don't have that. And maybe what you have to do in order to give a week's salary, you have to spread it out over three or four weeks or something like that. What you do 
is when it's time to give, you go to gbconline.ca, gbconline.ca. You'll find everything there, gbconline.ca. And you look for a little tab that says, oops. You click on oops. And basically it says, I have to spread it out, you know, over a, here's what I, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to give. Now, the reason we would ask you to do that is because tonight at the evening service, we want to announce what the final toll is. We want to let you know what's come in. And so that's why some people are able to give today. Boom, done. Others have to spread it out over a, a couple of weeks or even a month or more. But we want to know what that final figure will be so that we can announce to the church folks and we'll rejoice together. Okay. That's why we want to do it that way. Well, our time is up, but I'll tell you something. God is as pleased today as he has ever been when his people make a sacrificial gift for his glory. Now let's close our eyes in prayer. Our heavenly father, the time has come for us to give something to you. And we think back to old Abel and how he had his sacrifice Sunday and he gave a more excellent sacrifice and it pleased you so much, Lord. And we're still talking about it today. And we ask you, dear heavenly father, to receive our sacrificial gift. We're not talking our tithe. We're not talking our faith promise for missions. This is above and beyond our sacrificial giving to help us to feed the poor and clothe the poor so we could reach them with the gospel and to help finance our newest team member again, to help us reach the city with the gospel. And so father have thine own way now in the hearts and lives of your people and in our church for your glory in Jesus name, we pray now. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.